Hi, I'm Dr. Barbara Byers. Welcome back to my podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about the masculine and feminine within our soul. And these actually would take hours to unpack if we were really to do justice to them. So I'm just going to hit the high points. And let me just say up front, these are uh, very broad concepts to consider. So Professor Tom Howard said that the distinction between the masculine and the feminine is the mightiest and most splendid of all distinctions in the universe. An imagery rich and hilarious with liberties and joys so far beyond gritty vocabulary. We can't just express this with words because it really is a mystery, very deep mystery to consider the masculine and the feminine. And defining them is a bit like trying to define beauty. How do you really define beauty? You have to see it. You have to experience it. You have to be part of it because it's so transcendent and mysterious and captivating. And so the masculine and the feminine have to be experienced. Um, they are essential qualities that the Lord has given us because we uh, are created in his image, we reflect his image, and he contains within himself both the true masculine and the feminine. So male or female is our gender, but our soul has both masculine and feminine qualities. So don't get the two confused. I don't want you to confuse gender with these qualities. Um, so in Genesis 1, 27, it says simply, God created man in his own image. We are created in his image. And the masculine and the feminine within us are essential qualities that do reflect his beautiful image. Uh, and they are a vital part of our identity as persons, even as our, uh, of our gender identity. The strength and the initiative of the masculine and the beauty and the tenderness of the feminine. And God's design is to release into humanity uh, both male and female. And the combination of that together really is unlimited. But we can have um, a lot of confusion about our identity, about our gender identity and about our identity in our own masculine and feminine person. And he wants to heal that. Um, and the beautiful part is he doesn't invite men and women to be the same. He invites great diversity in how we uh, express ourselves. All right, so let's talk about the two attributes within our soul, the masculine and the feminine. The voice of the masculine is I initiate, I act, and I establish. And I forgot to say straight up, but my book has just come out. But Voices of the Soul, you can get it on Amazon or wherever you retail. And there is an entire chapter in here on the masculine and feminine. I think it's chapter 10, but I'm not sure. Uh, so the, the masculine is I act and I initiate. The feminine is I receive and respond and nourish. So there's this holy strength in the masculine and this holy softness and tenderness and beauty in the feminine. And as I said, God holds both within himself. Adam Menninger in Growth into Manhood wrote, Menninger, sorry, God embodies both the masculine and the feminine, and he is the source of both. He puts it very succinctly. And we're pretty comfortable thinking of God as masculine, as we should be. We call him 
our Father. We pray our Father. He, he fathers us. He acts. He initiates. We see his power and strength. And it's critical to our heart that we have a good image of what it is to have a God as our Father. He guides and corrects and so on. He's full of authority and justice and courage. But what about God in the feminine? Well, if you look at Exodus 34, starting in verse 5, this is where Moses has had this interaction with the Lord. And it says, Then the Lord came down on the cloud and stood there with him, with Moses, and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he proclaimed, <clears throat> excuse me, the Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Do you see the feminine in that? Isn't that beautiful? And then uh, Isaiah 66, 13 says, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you and you will be comforted. So God holds within himself the masculine and the feminine, and he wants to restore to us the polarity and the complementarity of both of those within our soul. Uh, Mettinger goes on to contrast the masculine and feminine in four ways. First, he says masculine is outer directed, more of the doing. Feminine is inner directed, more of the being. Masculine is initiation and feminine is response. And I think that's the essence right there. Masculine engages authority and decision-making where the feminine engages power uh, th that empowering. The masculine operates on truth and principles, and the feminine is moved by compassion and mercy. And we know men and women are different physiologically. Our brains are a bit different and so on. And so the true masculine is going to look different in men than in women, and the true feminine is going to look different in uh, women than in men. But we are more fully the men and women we're created to be when we're very comfortable in our soul with the opposite uh, attribute operating as well. So I, as a woman, need to be comfortable initiating and walking in strength. So let's talk about the masculine first, and then when I do part two of this next time, I'm going to talk more about the feminine. The true masculine is the power to act to launch out, to initiate, conceive, shape, construct, organize, lead. You're getting the idea? Exert benevolent authority, analyze, define, edit, set boundaries, confront, protect, defend, pierce through difficulties, speak the truth and be the truth, dispense justice, have integrity and courage. And the, in the true masculine, there is a self-acceptance and an embracing of sexuality, whether you're a man or a woman. The true masculine in a man, oh, in our culture, there is just such a disintegration of the true masculine and such confusion about what the masculine is for a man. And we, we, we see a lot of toxic manhood and, and a lot of it, especially represented um, in, in the media. But that simply the goal of every Christian man is to be Christ-like. And that's the same as the goal of every Christian woman. It's not a role. It's about being Christ-like. 
So the masculine qualities that I've listed are more rational, more of the cognitive, more scientific, more of the, of the doing and the acting strength and initiative, you know. But if we don't have the complementarity of the true feminine, then the false masculine can take over. And we need both of them operating in tandem. Um, the, the true feminine and the true masculine within our soul. We don't need to be competitive. And men tend to be more competitive than women. When Women tend to live in a more sort of cooperative community. Men tend to be more left-brained and logical and rational, what we call the digital brain, uh, speech and abstract thinking, while women can access both more easily, both brains more easily, they can access the creative, the artistic, the spontaneous, connective, intuitive more easily. We were laughing yesterday. I was with um, three friends and we had a very long lunch because we had things to process. And um, one of their husbands texted and said, where are you? I thought you'd be home hours ago. You know, what's going on? And then they started laughing. They're all married and they started laughing about how their husbands do not understand how we could have an almost three hour lunch. And what do we have to talk about? You know, it's not just business with us. We're a collaborative community and we needed a process. So we need, we need fully integrated men, spirit, soul, and body. We desperately need men in our families, in our churches, and in, in, in work who are affirmed in their true masculine and know how to be fully present. So what does this look like for a man? Well, he uses his strength to lift women up. Pope John Paul II said, the dignity of every woman is the responsibility of every man. I just love that, that men have this authority and they can bestow dignity on women and they can share power with women. So a godly man gives dignity and honor to women. And men are just in a unique position to invite women to share headship, especially in marriage. Men in the true masculine accept and bless women. He doesn't fear or run from the true feminine in a woman or in his own soul. And when a man honors women, he is strengthened in the grace of the true feminine in his soul. He doesn't use his toxic manhood, you know, to exert, exert domination and authority, but he shares his power. A truly masculine man deposits order, truth, and strength. He uses his God-given authority well, and he brings protection and life to others by it. This is a quote from Larry Crabb in Fully Alive. A man reflects God by remembering what is important and moving into a disordered situation with the strength to make an important difference. A masculine man never forgets that he bears God's image, that nothing matters more than bringing Christ's kingdom to earth by crossing the bridge to strongly enter the lives of others with divine weight. And then Martha Kilpatrick in Chariot of Fire wrote, the fire and courage of masculinity is ignited by knowing God. She was talking about Elijah there. So, well, what about, that's the true masculine. What about the false masculine? I think we need to recognize that as well because it is characterized by a lot of insecurity 
instead of self-acceptance. Uh, there's domination, there's attempts to control, attempts to manipulate, intimidate, and this, there's a raw drive <clears throat> for power. Power is used illegitimately, excuse me. There's that, and that is a perversion of the true masculine. So um, there's also a materialism, a drive for success and position and money. If, if a man tries to get his identity through work and he will force others to meet his counterfeit expectations by manipulating them. Uh, the false masculine also identifies men in their roles rather than in relationship. And um, in the false masculine, there is an, an, an egotistical sort of position you know, I'm the man, I can sort of throw my weight around, I'm gonna take the power here. It's narcissistic, and especially in the sense of projecting an image, trying to project um, an image, uh, particularly a macho image. So in the false masculine, a man can be overly rational, overly objective, you know, it, it's, it's like a, a man saying, you know, why do you feel that way? Give me a reason. Give me a reason. And he wants to ignore good intuition, good feminine intuition in favor of this overly objective scientific sort of bent. Um, men in the false masculine can be very hidden emotionally and they can say, oh, you know, I don't have needs. They can hide their needs because to be needy, um, you know, it doesn't seem masculine, but we all have needs, right? The false masculine is also threatened by the true feminine. And by that, I mean the true feminine is so receptive and there's a softness and a beauty and a wisdom to it. And so they're unable in, in this false masculine to really be in a receptive position, not just toward others, men and women, but toward God. And that's the essence of our relationship with him is to be connected and to be able to receive, receive his word and receive his spirit. Okay, so that is a very brief rundown and overview uh, of the, the masculine and the feminine, and particularly of the masculine. So next time I want to do in part two, uh, more about the feminine in our soul. So I hope you'll join me then. Thank you.